angle that we want to emphasize again is immigrant mom and pop POC owned and operated restaurants are probably not thinking of these things. They're not. Right? But why not? As soon as I called them, it's like, hey, can I pull up? I highlight your eatery. The first question they would ask before hanging up was, yo, how much you trying to charge me? Or you're like the Department of Health and you're going to come in there undercover. Get money out of them. And what most people don't understand is that when you look at a YouTuber and you try to marginalize them as a creator, our politicians are creators. Our our business leaders are creators. Twitter, LinkedIn, and way different from TikTok. He knew that 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 fluency mattered, right? My whole, I think, I think he is my father. I think, yeah, he started having kids when he was... All right, so today's guests are changing the way we see food online. They have a little over 400,000 combined followers on TikTok and Instagram, and they're called Righteous Eats. Um, And they shine a spotlight on small New York restaurants, uh, ones mostly run by immigrants and members of minority groups. So like killing it, awesome, amazing, amazing message. Also, they do not accept free meals. They do this and they pay for the food, important to note. And today we're gonna talk about how it all started, the business behind the brand, and what the future looks like for Righteous Eats. So boys, everybody, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. I think that's the best intro we've ever had. Welcome to the business of influence. Very succinct. Shout out to ChatGPT. That was a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we we actually talk about AI and how we use AI to, to... to do everything from descriptions to oh, yeah. ideating different, you know, eateries and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I actually wouldn't put it past. I actually would <laughs> applaud you for yeah, utilizing yeah. I was like, ChatGPT. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? Yeah, and saving efficient. saving time. I'm gonna know? use my resources. Listen, man, um, dude. First of all, your voice uh, is so soothing. This dude. is AI, though. It is. <laughs> no, dude. Jasper AI, right here. Yeah. I was doing my research and I was like doing it late last night. I was like listening to it and I was just like falling asleep, not because it was boring, but it was just like. Damn, I could like this is great. Mm, so I just want to commend these, you on your voice. These noodles. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was fake because I, like, I saw your TikToks and you're like, yo. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is like enhanced. And then I heard you guys' podcast. I'm like, whoa, he talks like that. <laughs> Anyways, just you know, want to start thank off. That you, way. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. What's your story? How'd you guys meet? Who are you guys? So <laughs> wow. into it. man, I'm getting interrogated straight off the I bat. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Jakey Cho. Uh, I'm a full-time content creator now. And um, from Queens, New York, and uh, I met Brian because a good friend of mine, he's a rapper from LA called Dumbfounded. Brian used to manage this artist, and uh, you know Brian's originally from LA, but I'm not gonna get too much into like his story because I'll let him talk about that. But he was one of the guys that I knew that has had incredible fluency in the creator space from back in like 2006. Um, and when he moved to New York and, um, well, during the pandemic, I started making a lot of these cooking videos just for that. fun. Yeah. And um, these videos started to go viral. And uh, it was kind of like, because TikTok is like a what? Um, it's like a, it, it's a new territory at the time, right? In yeah. 2020. So yeah. the algorithm was being very generous and my content kept getting um, fed in the FYP. And I was getting like 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 followers on it in a day, which never happened oh. to me on Instagram ever. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, what do I do with this? So one of the first guys that I reached out to was Brian. Is like, yo, like- How but, do I capitalize on this? Well, it wasn't even that conversation. It was really, cause I wanted to hit him up about putting together an Asian podcast network about, you know, featuring Asian American yeah. podcasters. 
And he was basically like, yo, son, you're too late for that, yo. You're already in the eighth inning. Everybody's going to cash out in the next six months. And well, what's up with your TikTok stuff, though? Oh, you know, you're, you're growing really fast on that. You should be leaning into that. And literally, like six months later, you heard like Bill Simmons got a deal. You know what I mean? Joe Rogan cashed out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Call so I was like, yeah, yo, like Brian was, you know, he was on point. He kind of foresaw that. And um, by then, though, we were already working together. Um, by working together, it was more so just weekly cause of him just being, you know, Yoda providing some insight, telling me, yo, maybe you should do programming this way. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, 18 months later, um, we decided to just kind of go full time. You know, I had a, another job. I, I own a retail business out in Queens in Flushing. Okay. It's a sneaker store slash like streetwear, contemporary like men's like right wear. Down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, if Kith is like Jay-Z at his prime, like we're more like fabulous during the mixtape days, you know uh, what I'm saying? And nothing against fabulous, you know what I mean? But, you know, like this is not even like fabulous with like the hits, you know? So we're a lot like in terms of the caliber, but yeah, like that's kind of what I was overseeing. And, um, you know, 2022 came in, we decided to just go full time. Nice. Being content creators. So you were in the content game already? Yeah. So I've been I've been in the content space since like 2009, 2000, like officially since 2009. Sure. But I've been obsessed with it since 2006 when YouTube started, right? Yeah. And um, it's funny that this podcast is called The Business of Influencers. When I started this, there was no such thing as an influencer. There was no such thing as a YouTuber actually, right? Yeah. So my, my previous company, I worked in music. That company was called Knocksteady, managed, dumbfounded, Anderson Pack, a bunch of other artists. I'm from LA. It was very plugged into that LA music scene. Yeah. But that got acquired by another company called Maker Studios, which was actually the largest influencer YouTube. Was it like an MCN? It was the MCN. Okay. It was the MCN, and we got acquired by Disney. And then when nice. that got acquired by Disney, and I was, and, and by the way, like that's an easy story to tell. But nothing about that process was easy, right? Yeah. And then so when that happened, I was like, okay, this is great. I want to take a break for a while. I actually ended up, I wanted to just travel the world for a while. I ended up coming to New York, first stop on my way to Europe. And then I met my wife Ooh. on Tinder first week. And then, you the know. First the first week on Tinder? First week on Tinder. And I could never use Tinder in LA because like in LA, like the kids on my staff were using it. And they're like, ah, you know, like uh, I never wanted to be that guy. On yeah. the, on, you know? So anyway, long story short. That's basically what happened. And, and Jakey knew me from that. And he's like, hey. He knew you from Tinder too? <laughs> well, he knew, me, he knew me from the world of like, hey, what's going on in digital media? What's going on in VC? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? Like, how are you going to, like, what should I do? How can I plug into that? And that's when he reached out and I was like, hey, that's cool. Like, Podcast Network is a good idea. And I think that there's an opportunity there. But if you're really trying to do what you're trying to do, then why don't you lean into this new thing? I think short form video. I think, like, TikTok was fascinating for me. Short form was fascinating for me because it was the first time when we started YouTube, when we were working with like musicians, YouTubers, yeah. it was about like gaming. Like we would put a rap song in like education or travel. Cause if we can win that, that category. Yeah. Cause yeah. if we could win that category and make the, the modern day version of FYP and make the homepage, then you're getting all this other stuff, right? We would arbitrage stuff like that. TikTok was the first time when we were like, hey, the platform literally provided. An, uh, a platform where they encourage you to do just what you do. Yeah. If you're a subject matter expertise, if you have a subject matter expertise in like real estate, sure. talk about that. If you're providing authenticity, utility, and you have an authority in it, 
we'll do the rest and we'll service your video to a bunch of people. And I was like, yo, this is going to change everything. So I was like, yo, lean into that. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. And basically like what started off is like just, you know, weekly mentor calls turned into like every single thing he did, he did, he did, he crushed. And we're like, hey, you know what? Why don't we actually do this? So, you know, he's very humble about it, but like he, even him being an influencer or a creator, when a, when a brand approaches us about like, hey, can we work with you as an influencer? We're like, if we're super passionate about the product, we're like, can we invest in you actually? Yeah. Can we get on your cap table? And they're like, wait, what? Influencers don't ask us to invest in our company. Like, what are you guys talking about? Because, yeah. you know, what, again, whether you're doing real estate or selling a consumer product good, in today's world, if you don't know how to connect with your community and have that trust, you're not going to survive. So that's, that's, that's what we do. So what were those early conversations with like, yo, like we, I'm just a creator, but I want to do this righteous eats thing. Like what was, what was that? Like what, so where was that shift? Yeah. So yeah, righteous eats was really, was kind of like a natural progression into, cause I started off making cooking videos, right? And you were, you were cooking? I was cooking myself. Yeah. I was just, oh, it was yeah. just, it was during the pandemic. Everybody all of it overnight, um, we're becoming subject matter experts in so many different things. Yes. You know, because they've just picked up new hobbies. And I was making cooking videos, not Sourdough because. starters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, they were making kombucha. Building furniture out of trash. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's dumpster diving. You know? Okay. We don't have to go. It's about them. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's true. Look it up. Yeah. So, really? I mean, it started off with that because I was, I was always passionate about food. And, you know, my upbringing coming from Queens, I was surrounded by so much diversity since I was a kid. So, and food was like that universal connector, the yeah. language that everybody could relate to, regardless of your political ideology, people got to eat, you know what I mean? So that was always the connector for me. And once I amassed an audience creating these cooking content, I knew that I wasn't going to keep making cooking content because I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. You know, I don't, I only have so much limited authority in terms of what I could do in that space. But around that time, um, and Ryan, I'm sure you know this very well because so many of small businesses throughout New York City were being fucked, not only because there was no customers because of the pandemic, obviously, yeah. but they weren't getting the right type of rent situation. You know what I mean? And a lot of these restaurants, they're owned and operated by immigrants with limited fluency in terms of the business landscape. So they weren't able to secure PPP loans. Wow. You know, shout out to Danny Myers, but you, we heard stories about like the loans that he was able to amass. Yeah. Right. So some like small mom and pop eatery in Flushing Queens, the lady wasn't, she has no wherewithal of how to do that. Right. Sure. And these eateries were the eateries that I grew up going to and that I had so much familiarity with. And I was like, yo, why don't we just start like highlighting them? Um, see if we could drive any sort of traffic to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was the genesis of Righteous Eats. It was just me hitting up the restaurants that I personally liked. I told them, I'll buy the food. I just want to shout you guys out. And initially, a lot of the reservation was, I believe because Yelp has these sales reps where they call people and, and you know, thing. yeah, like call totally people and say, yo, we're yeah. going to make videos for you. They thought it was one of those. So they were they like- They thought you worked for Yelp? They thought I worked for Yelp. They thought I was just like a contractor trying to like- Or you're like the Department of Health and you're like, get, yeah, yeah, get money out of them, get I mean, money gotta, out of them to get, get to make videos for them. So they, yeah. as soon as I called them, it's like, hey, can I pull up, highlight your eatery? The first question they would ask before hanging up was, yo, how much are you trying to charge me? 
And I was like, I'm not trying to show it. What do you, t-? and up until that point, I had no idea that was a hustle. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know other influencers were charging people yeah. to make content about these local mom and pop eateries, mm. you know? But I told him, yo, that's the antithesis of what I'm trying to do with y'all. And one thing led to another, um, Righteous Eats pretty much went from that initial step after 50 restaurants that we highlighted, we decided to bring on a team member. His name is Rob Martinez. Shout out to, Shout Rob. Out to Rob. You know what I mean? Um, and he, we brought him on and uh, we started just going full time with it in 2022, April. Nice. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's only a year and a half old. Yeah. So how do you think about content now? Walk me through like the, the process of creating one of your videos. How often do you make them? How are you picking the restaurants? Like what, what is your, what's your creator process? Our view on, you know, content today is basically number one, what is the utility? Yep. You know, we're all in a, we're all in a war for your attention, whether you're Netflix. It's the attention uh, economy. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's the attention economy and we're all fighting for that attention. Yep. So number one, your value proposition, whether I'm doom scrolling or coming through like your nice sort of thumbnail at, at the front of Netflix, you better, I better know what you're providing number yeah. one. So the first thing is utility. What utility are we providing? Yeah. Number two, are we being authentic? I'm not going to try to give you jokes and be a comedian if that's not what we are. So number two, are we being authentic? Yeah. And number three, what's our authority? Like food works for us because at the end of the day, he was cooking. He's passionate about the culture. He, he grew up in Queens, the, the world's borough. You know, he has access to all that. Me too. Like I was traveling to, you know, like, the taco stand, I'm from LA, but I was also traveling to three-star mission restaurants all across the world, right? Like I love food, right? Yeah, yeah. So like whatever you're doing. So those are the three criteria. Are you providing utility? Is it authentic? And at the end of the day, do you have an authority to talk about this? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what it is, whether you're a plastic surgeon or a, you know, a banker. Yeah. Or, a, or a real estate agent. Or a real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys are going super hard on short form. And I kind of think that's kind of where the world is going. Totally. Because um, I, I was just, doing some research and you guys are, you have you like long form YouTube videos out, but a majority of it is short form. Yeah. Is that, do we plan on going more long form or what's, do we I care? Think, I mean, I, I'm sure Brian could talk wax poetic about this all day, but in terms of like monetization, yeah, yeah. YouTube offers the best CPM, Correct. right? So long form is, you know, if you're really just trying to monetize your content yeah. directly, yeah. long form is the way. Okay. But in terms of visibility and exposure, there's nothing really beating short form at the moment. Yeah, you can yeah. have this view that like television, cable TV, and these types of things still matter. But like, I think one of the things that I saw that you did super early was jumping on social mm -hmm. or social, right? Or YouTube and yeah. now the podcast, right? Yeah. And for us, we look at all of these other platforms as just added distribution, right? Yeah, sure. So like, we, we don't look at, you know, you mentioned Netflix earlier today. It's like, Netflix is great. I would love to have a series on Netflix. But at the end of the day, that's not a destination or a sign of like, you know, arrival for us. That's literally just new distribution that might not be scrolling FYP on TikTok. Yeah. And so even though I know YouTube as a platform the best, we started very deliberately on TikTok and on Instagram Reels, short form content, yeah. because that's where the audience that we want to connect with, yeah, yeah. the 20-year-old, the 19-year-old, the 25-year-old, yeah. that's where we want to be. Yeah, that's your, your, what we call your, your hero platform. 
right? So that's that's it. Like, so like if all else comes to fail, that's where you hero all day long. Yeah, 100%. Right? And then from there, you're diversifying and going into different, you know, talking about food across Twitter, maybe doing business reviews on LinkedIn, going into threads 100%. these days. Land and expand, right? Private equity term, like land and expand. Yeah. That's a good one, I like that. Yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the team? Like, what's the overhead? Like, what's, how big are you, like? I mean, right now, the team is literally Jakey Cho, Brian Lee, Rob Martinez, shout out to him. We have young Julian over there. Um, I guess Lean. like three. You're looking people. at the team. Yeah. So how many? But how many? So going back to how do you pick a restaurant, and then how long does it take you to shoot a video, and how many do you do? A yeah, week? that's a great question. Initially, it started off with our own discretion. Like it would be spots that I personally like, yeah. or it'd be a community staple, and um, we really emphasize the point of community. Yeah. So so far, as of late, all the restaurants have been community recommendations. We have a form. People send in their stories on why specifically this restaurant Rex, yeah. deserves the highlight. And uh, we take it from there. And cool. we obviously do our due diligence, right? Because if we went to like an amazing taqueria literally last week, we're not going to hit up five more taquerias, yeah. right? We're going to obviously try to diversify. I mean, your boy was just saying, yo, if you need a Bahari and Jew plug, let me know. It's like, <laughs> yo, we haven't highlighted a Bahari and Jew joint in of Forest Hills yet. So maybe I might need to check in with him, yeah. right? So we always want to diversify. And um, I mean, recently we just did an exercise, like we flipped the globe around and which cuisine from a, a specific country we haven't highlighted yet. We yeah. randomly fell upon like Ivory Coast yeah, in West Africa. Did some Google you search. You get some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then we found a restaurant in Harlem. It didn't really have much reviews on Google or Yelp. We just kind of took a bet, and it was one of the best meals that I've had this year. Shout out really? to Scylla. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I, I think I think two things on that. It's like, number one, the, the why for what we're trying to do with Righteous Seats is like, at the end of the day, when so many people are divided and think that like they're arguing about everything, like people argue literally about like, this is white. No, this is black. This is hot. No, this is cold. Like literally people in, in today's world argue about everything. Yeah. Even though you think that all these things are different, at the end of the day, we're all the same, right? Yeah. Like food is universal to, to, to whatever culture you are, right? Totally. So we're trying to build that empathy through representation. And that's why like when we spin the globe and we're like, hey, you know what? Let's actually showcase this and that, right? Like we, we want to get into that. Second thing that I want to say is when we think about content and, 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 and just the evolution process and like the iteration, we think of it as product, no different from like software, right? One of the things that we recently implemented is we're trying to give attribution. So like in all the videos going forward, uh, I actually want to say like, hey, Ryan put me on to whatever it is, like, you know, this spot in Brooklyn or this spot in Tribeca. Like I want to be able to say that sure. and show that because again, that's paramount to trust to the community and saying, hey, you know what, Jake, he, this is Jake's spot. He was looking at the globe and he picked that spot, yeah. right? Because so much of this world the the like restaurant comms communication world it's so opaque yeah yeah it's like how did you end up in that list you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah, did yeah. anybody <laughs> ever break down the criteria for that list right oh. but we kind of abide by it like a bible right That's it's this sick. dogma but then we don't really think about like how why yeah you know and, I mean? and that happens because like by the way like i'm gonna brag for jake a little bit he was a writer for like the magazines, right? Double XL, Compl he started yeah, well, I in, that, in world. that world. I come from the digital publishing world. <laughs> so like when I look at it, I'm like, oh wait, I used to look at something like, you know, even, you know, top restaurants or Michelin or 
you know, 40, Forbes, 40 under 40. I used to think all that stuff was like, or even US News and like what colleges are. Best right? colleges. I used to think like, yeah. oh, this, these are Bible. This is what it is. Yeah. And then, I, then you start working in publishing and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, wait, cranes or whatever. Everything, yeah. Everything's for sale. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, it's crazy you said that, that list. There was a show on, I think it was BuzzFeed. They had Worth It. Do you, do you guys remember that? We yeah, love that yeah, show. Yeah, I love that show. Well, I used to live in Northern California. I used to drive down to Southern California, LA, and like I would hit up all of like the cheap spots. And like I went just because of that show. Yeah. And it was just like, it was a fun thing me and my friends did. So you guys on your website have a list of, or a little, like a map, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Of all the places you guys go to. I think that's super smart. And I think there's a lot of people who do that, who like hit up these spots. I'm sure there's someone out there going down your list. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, specifically. And I think one thing that, you know, there are certain community members say, hey, actually we tried a spot. We didn't have the same experience that you highlighted. Or, yo, we tried a spot and we didn't think the food was good. That's all good. We never said it was the best. We never said that this is like five stars. We never... You know what I'm saying? Like we, we're not here to critique and provide awards. We're just highlighting spots that we personally believe that deserves their story to be highlighted or spots that myself, Rob, who's not here, or Brian just enjoy to eat. You know, just because I have a specific type of palate, it doesn't necessarily mean that yeah. we're going to all share the same palate when it comes down to food. What is your favorite type of food? Mm. That's kind of, that's like asking like like a what's musician like what's your favorite music you know it's a little <laughs> hard for me to do but if you are asking me like what is one thing that I would eat before I go you know to jail go to the go maybe not jail but <laughs> if before Wait, I Ryan, 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 you trying to put him in jail right now like yeah, <laughs> right. no I just, I, dude, there's I was, I, there's this guy on TikTok who talks all the there's people on TikTok that talk all all the about that time they, they what it was like going to jail right and they were like you what know, kind the day of, before yeah, your fyp is know, obviously FYP, different from mine man. my fyp is people who went to jail <laughs> and tax evasions and bikini models that is all oh that's all God. i see and i don't know why and i keep saying to it i'm like no show me other things TikTok, and it doesn't it just keeps that, showing me that might be my fault I, these guys are all in my phone yeah that's right Sometimes, and then i give my phone to some other people and all of a sudden i'm like there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes on my tiktok now right <laughs> exactly so what is your favorite type of food though? yeah i mean it has to involve some sort of a broth accompanied by some form of a carbohydrate so in korean culture there's this thing called kupap it literally means soup with rice yeah it's kind of like an everyday working man's meal so your favorite food is soup and rice soup and rice as long as that's the soup though it has to be like boiled for at least like six hours so all that umami the taste and all the flavor just has to harmonize and accompanied by some sort some form of a soup noodle or bread even i'm looking for a good ramen spot what's your, bro what's your favorite type yeah. of Ra- ramen what's your favorite food is ramen love ramen but well what kind of ramen there's sukumen ramen where you dip it into the sauce there's just like, like a t- tenkatsu like, right is that like yeah, okay. so that's ramen yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay cool. you like the okay deep Rich flavor, Ooh, yeah. super fatty. There's a ramen okay. place in the village I went to one time a long time ago. I don't know if it's still there anymore. That's what's it called? Ramen. You're, you're no help. Place. <laughs> what's, put me on, bro. What's the good ramen? I'm a bushwick. I mean, boy. you're probably thinking about Ipudo. Yeah. Well, if, it's in the, if, it, yeah if, if it's, it's in the village. East Village yeah. and it's somewhere that is well known. Got it. Where the uh, broth is so oily that it just kind of has that lubricant effect on oh, your yeah, lips. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And you're not supposed to, like, you, they tell you, like, don't. Don't bite the noodles. You, it's your, you're, you're supposed, supposed to slurp, to slurp it. it. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to slurp it. Otherwise, it is an insult to the chef. It's disrespectful, right? and it's just it's that's very stressful for me. Right. It's like being just like a very like clean person. Uh, just I'm like, Ryan, what's weird. your favorite meal? 
my favorite, favorite meal? food, yeah. Well, Ryan has his food made for him every day. So I mean, it's like processed chicken. Yeah, but I don't like the food I eat all day long, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't get to enjoy that kind of life, man. I like. You're uh, about to go to jail. What are you gonna eat? <laughs> um, I mean, dude, I'm probably I, I'm like super American about it. I probably have like like steak, like steak and lobster would probably be my thing. So where's the best steak in uh, New York City for you? Oh. That's it. You know Ooh. what? I really we spent a lot of time because our office was in Tribeca for a long time, and we're here, and so like a company place we would go to is this steak place called Wolfgang's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah in Tribeca, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just like, hey, listen, there's there's good steak in a lot of places. Um, right. Uh, uh, there's great. You know, I just came back from Greece. My my family's Greek, and so they're in Greece the whole summer. Word, word. And there is a place, and you, you spend a lot of time in Greece eating fish. Right. Yeah. It's like you could eat everything in the world. You come back and you've lost weight because all you do there is you sweat. <laughs> Right, you swim and you just eat white fish and vegetables, and the vegetables taste like fruit because it's Amazing. like yeah, it's exactly. natural. It's grown without pesticides. It's, everything yeah. is like natural, and you're like the photosynthesis you're, you're like, that it yeah. sucks up. Is you in like a grab different a tomato level. and you're like eating it raw like 100%. an apple, and you're like I don't yeah. know why I'm doing this. Totally. Um, but there's a place called Beef Bar. I guess is is how you would you say sure it. you sure it's called Beef Bar? It's literally called Beef Bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in Greek. Yeah, no, in in Greece it's called Beef Bar, and like you, it's okay. great. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. It's great steak. I would eat a great steak. I shouldn't eat steak as much anymore. I do feel like it takes me like four days to digest yes. red meat now. Dude, right. I had the opposite effect. I went. I just came back from LA and I just gained like five pounds, dude. Word. There's a lot of good Mexican food in LA. I mean, yeah. you will not. You Wait, did you go to In-N-Out while you were there? Robin, I all the time. Are you go all the. We mean all the time. <laughs> I love In-N-Out, dude. It's that good. I, yeah. I, but I don't think you should go there all the time. I don't I'm, think it's like healthy. Actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out a spot that I thought was great. Great, and then let me know if you've okay. been. It's called Burger She Wrote. Have you guys been there? Never no. Been. Oh, bro, if you go new. back, I'm from LA too. I've never heard of it. It's yeah. so good. It's right off of like Fairfax. Okay. Dope. Best smash burger I think I've ever had in my life. Okay. That's what's up. Uh, we just came back from Portugal, two separate trips. Well, you was in Spain, uh, but I agree with you about like food in Europe. Totally. I ate so much and I, I I I didn't feel bloated at all. I I've been back for like two days. Yeah. I have one meal and I'm like I feel bloated. Yeah, it's everything that different. gets added it's to the food different. here. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's like GMO corn syrup. A lot of the stuff that are banned in Europe. Yeah, you know, it's freely injected into all of our food here. Totally. So mm. yeah, I think it has a, it has yeah. I mean, it's compounded effect on your body if you just eat that for the entirety of your life yeah and i don't think um, americans also don't realize and maybe they do now like just how much sugar is in so much 100 percent, right oh. how much sugar in so much food and, oh. and how much fat is in so much food that you don't actually like you think you're eating healthy but you're absolutely not you go to like a convenience store in east asia like in japan or korea you have an entire aisle of tea options that has absolutely no sugar at all yeah you go to a local bodega in new york city the only beverage that has no sugar is water. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now they wow. even try to inject sugar into the water. <laughs> you know what I mean? They do. So, That's yeah. Wild. so yeah. it's, yeah, I think it's probably, it, I mean, it's, 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 it's a big conversation to have for sure. It's a ma I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a major form of addiction, right? And you, right. you just don't think about it because it doesn't kill you tomorrow, right? right? It just adds to, it's killing you know, especially, you softly, though. yeah, it's killing you softly and adds to childhood obesity, obviously, you know, and there's all those conversations and, um, uh, you know, I don't know. It's 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 something that's really really hard to get away from uh, in the states because it's cheaper to eat food that has added sugar than it is to eat organically. Like it's you know it's it's what did someone say to me? They're like, dude, I'm I like I you know I, I I'm not in that income bracket to eat healthy. <laughs> 
like, you know, I'm not, yeah, in, totally. I'm not in that tax bracket to eat healthy that way. You know, I, I was, I'm just going to go die slowly because that's actually better for the United States, right? Move me through the system, move me, fatten me up, die early, move me through the system, pay my that's taxes, crazy. move me through the system. I love it. I, I right? love that you're talking about it because it's absolutely true, right? Like, it is. How many people are no, going it's to- super true. Yeah, Erwan, right? How many people go to, who, I mean, even the concept of whole foods, right? Like yeah. whole foods in like, yeah, it's it's actually way more expensive yeah. to eat that way, to eat naturally from the ground than it is from like this processed chicken thing that you can get from the fast food spot. Why is that? Like, why is it that like European countries, like we, we know they're bad for us. The government knows they're not the greatest for us. It's banned in Europe. Why? Is it just, is it cost? Is it just- I mean, we're not subject matter experts in it, but yeah, I mean, it's Wall Street, man. Yeah. I mean- No, it's just a business. It's yeah. like, it's, it's you know- And uh, what I mean by Wall Street is just that, yeah, like you have like investors and you have people that lobbyists. you got to report to every yeah. quarter. No, you, you can look lobbyists. it up. Like, yeah, yeah. Look at, there was the, I was talking to Diego about it yesterday, actually. You know, it's like we, we grew up conditioned to drink milk. Right, milk does the body good. That, I was literally thinking Dude, about milk that. does the body one good. One of the strongest lobbies in 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 the country. yeah of yeah. all time. Yes, there was a surplus with dairy farmers, and so they lobbied to create advertising and marketing, which turned was the, it into one of the greatest advertising campaigns. Turned of all it time. into yeah. it became part of you know the, the FDA's message for all kids. You know, got milk, drink milk. 100%. Milk is great for you know growing babies. Yeah. Um, milk's not like I should not, not be good. sitting here yeah. drinking a cup of milk. Um, all right, babe. Give you know what I mean. <laughs> and there's milk, and there's milk and dairy in so much food. I, I, I do, you know, I, I look at everything like a business, but I, I do look at, you know, the the country as a business, right? And and the best politicians end up being the best CEOs because they really look at it like a business. But everything is structured to create more employees, right? The more babies you have, right? The more market you have. Yeah. And the more you feed on us, the more you need us, the more, the more you actually don't make money. We're gonna take care of you, baby. Right? We're gonna take care of you. Have more babies, have more babies, have more babies. Because you feed into that system, we fatten you up, we move you out. And I think that's why when you were asking why does Europe have a different standard, I think it's a lot more complex with colonialism. They have like a lot of a safety net from everything that they've been extracting for hundreds yeah. of years. But in, in addition to that, like Peter Thiel was saying that, what is it, indefinite pessimism that Europeans have is that they're not having kids anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're in a different mind state. They're like, yo, we wanna make sure that we take care of ourselves now. Yeah. So was the first thing that we need to do is make sure that our food is yeah. good. They're also uh, much, much, much smaller countries. Um, uh, and they're much, 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 much older. Right than the United States, hundred um, percent. You know, we are relatively new. We're built, you know, on top of capitalism, which is fine and great. It's the whole reason we're all here. But that also means that that same ideology goes into the food that you eat and how we're marketing to, you know, how we're marketing to kids and how we're marketing to parents. Like if it was, you know. Anyway, not the part of this podcast. I know this uh, got real. Like, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but it's but it's true. That said, though, that I mean, said, I'm so right? sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the rest. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. No problem. That said, you know, you look at China, right? You look at India, right? India will be the second biggest economy, I think, in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Those are, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that those are two super, super healthy countries, though, right? And they have, they have mass, mass, mass population issues. Um, anyway. Damn, that got that Righteous got dark. eats. You were, yeah. like, what, what was the inkling to get into social? Like, you... 
inkling to get on social yeah, yeah like what like why like why the cooking videos and like why make the tiktoks oh okay yeah did you, I think, did, you, did you see like a well i was always like in media like he yeah, yeah. referenced that i worked as a journalist i was a writer and editor i how old are you now um i'm 34 this year got it yeah how old are you, how old are you guys 31 39 okay gotcha. old yeah now nah, you look great yeah you guys look great man Thanks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was always in the media space as a producer, as more of a behind the scenes guy in many different occasions. And um, I think during the pandemic, I was just making cooking videos just for yeah. fun on Instagram. And a friend of mine who is currently the general manager at Complex Media Group, uh, shout out to Donnie Kwok, he basically was like annoyed at the fact that I was posting these short form Instagram stories of me cooking. And he was like, yo, this is mad annoying. You should just turn these into TikTok videos. Yeah. That was essentially the genesis of it. How did the New York Times piece come about? Okay. We're going right <laughs> over there. <laughs> Which uh, publicist did you hire? Nah, nah, it was just all happened very organically. Like they um, reached out to you? and Yeah. So the writer, shout out to Josh Needleman. Um, he was working on a series of pieces where um you wanted to highlight content creators that are making content for good you know altruistic content creators yeah. and um one of them the uh, one one other creator that he highlighted was my friend new york nico shout out to nico yeah. he got put on to a video where brian was being extra transparent about our righteous eats process. So it wasn't even one of the videos where I'm highlighting an eatery. It was the way like that business, we were approaching yeah. on how we highlight these eateries. I think the video was actually about like, we get a bunch of people sending in the in our community. They're like, hey, this creator just went to the same spot that you went to. Right. <laughs> and hey, NBC literally lifted your entire story about this cheesecake spot. They, they did it shot for shot. Oh, what do you guys fuckers. think about that? And we're like, and and so I did a quick video. Shout out to NBC though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Peacock. Yo, we I, ready. NBC, CBS. Like I don't. I don't know who it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we did an NBC piece. <laughs> I, by the way, I love that Jake. He's always like the consummate professional and very like. He's all right. Yeah. Very indefinite. Yeah. Positivity yeah, over here. Hundred percent right? optimism. And yeah, I'm Larry David, right? I'm like the. Ah. No, but I was like, I actually thought about. It. I'm like, look. At the end of the day, if people are like biting or copying the same restaurants, that's ultimately good, no? Yeah. Because. The restaurant gets shine. More people are going to know about it. It actually means that we're, we're covering things in a way that makes it meaningful. And that's what I said. And I, it's, it's so funny because I asked Josh. I'm like, hey, Josh, we were in Queens, by the way. And he lives in Astoria. And we're like, hey, so what do you think about whatever, whatever AOC? And he's like, wait, you guys did something with AOC? And we're like, yeah. I thought that's why you reached out to us. He's like, no, I saw a video of my colleague put me onto a video of you in the car talking about other people like copying the same videos that you guys were doing. And that's what oh. that's why I said I wanted to reach out. He's like, what'd you do with AOC? And we're like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> right? Dear. So I mean, you know, I, I you know, it's probably like it's these little things that you never that don't get millions of views, yeah, yeah, that yeah. don't get seen, but yeah. somehow it, yeah. it hits the right people. So what did that piece do for you? I mean, it kind of like gave me more bandwidth for our partners. Yeah, our significant and our family to be like, oh, you guys are doing something. My you eating My mother-in-law doesn't understand TikTok. She understands the New, New York, York Times. Times. Yeah, 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 my, yeah, my pops, you know, is like, yo, when is this coming out in print so he could frame it? You know, yeah. like. Yeah. But in terms <laughs> of like this office, man. Yeah. In terms of conversion, did we get more followers from it? No, I mean, I don't think so. At least no. Maybe. So, so, so but it's, but it's a it's a. It's a 
it's a you know large world legitimizer. Yeah, it's yeah. prestige. Right. So, you know what exactly. we call it? We, yeah. So internally, we call this the Sunset Boulevard billboard. Okay, get it. Yeah. Right. Nice. Right. So like, if you look at the Sunset Boulevard billboard, that's a horrible ROI from how much it costs and and actual reach. Yeah. But it matters to like twelve executives that run yeah. studios. You start driving through there and a hundred artists and actors yeah. that see it and say, you know what, I got to do something with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what the New York Times is for. Us. I mean, it was yeah. kind of similar when we um, got our faces on uh, on the on the billboards in Times Square for Samsung. Yeah. yeah. Like my mom was asking me, like, how many more followers did you get from that? <laughs> I don't think any, yeah. but it was really the fact that, okay, you were in Times Square, you were in the billboard, Sunset Boulevard, Sunset Boulevard billboard. Yeah. You know Can I, mean? I ask you a follow-up to that? So like, I want to give you your flowers. You're so on it in terms of being able to plug into like the new tools. Like they're not even new tools, the tools that, that matter now, like uh -huh. with this podcast, with Instagram, with social, all these things. Like how, if you had to do like a split of like, you know, how does that compare to like you getting a Netflix thing or you being on like, you know, Bravo? Bravo? Yeah. yeah, I would say, oh, listen, I owe a lot to Bravo. Shout out to Bravo. Yeah, yeah, I owe a lot to, uh, <laughs> shout out to Bravo. Dude, I, I, dude I, was, I came to New York City to act and then it didn't work out and I couldn't make any money. And so I got my real estate license to pay bills. It wasn't to become a realtor. It was, dude, it's this or wait tables. Yeah. And waiting tables, I gotta be there at a certain time and that just looks like it sucks. I could show a rental apartment. And I lived in Koreatown on, at 38 West 31st Street. Um, Have and we met before? I know. I <laughs> Did we live in the same building? Did, I well, think we shared a shower. <laughs> you know? So that I, I could live between 31st and 32nd Street and I was just on top of every single subway. Um, it just made my life easy. But, um, uh, and then I went to an open casting call for Millionaire Listing New York and that's kind of how it happened. But uh, uh, so Bravo was, I mean, it was super, super, I got super lucky at like the height of the network reality TV boom, Million Dollar Listing New York premieres in 2012. Like at the height of the card, like everything, mm. right? It was right there. There was no, Netflix was DVDs. Mm -hmm. There's no streaming. YouTube was still like random clips and different random stuff, right? There was no Instagram, nothing like that. And everyone was still complaining about everything because there's too many TV shows out there. But now you're like, dude, remember? TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so that was massive. Every time the show would air or anytime I would go do watch what happens live or anything, I would literally look at Twitter and just watch followers go up because no one had anywhere else to go. You go to Facebook or Twitter, right? That was, yeah, that was yeah. it, yeah, yeah, you know? 100%. And then Instagram comes out. Um, and so then it's Instagram and that's visual for real estate. So that became kind of our hero platform. Right. Um, and then it was like 2016, I'm doing my wedding spinoff show and uh, we start thinking like, yeah, you know, House of Cards, man. Like one day, one of these streaming things is going to get live sports. And when one of them gets live sports, TV doesn't go away tomorrow, but it literally starts the 10-year like death now, right. right? And so let's get ahead of it because one day Million Dollar Listing is going to go away or something. And I want to be able to build brand and have awareness and cut through attention where people start. And I went on a trip uh, I guess then in 2017 with my like little nephews and we went to a place that had no TV, had Wi-Fi, but had no TV. And I was like losing my mind. I was like, dude, no TV, I'm on vacation. No TV, what am I supposed to do? Like read a fucking book? Like talk to people? Ugh, I need TV. And my niece and nephew who are like eight and 10 could not have cared less as long as they had their iPad 
all their shows, everything was on there. I'm like, what do you watch? Yeah. We watch YouTube. We watch They're this. They're watching this, Mr. This. Beast. Dude, they watch. Yeah. And at, and at that moment, I think, because then we met in 2018. We met in 2018. First vlog drops. Yeah. In that January, I guess. January yeah. 2018. Yeah. January 2018. So that was, you know, almost five and a half years ago. Um, and we were just, you know, we just said, listen, uh, this is going to become really, really big, not just for everybody. Right, but for like for us for for real estate, um, well, let's just be the first. Right, right. Like, well, it's not that big of an investment. Let's just, but let's just go hard and let's just be the best at it. Well, that's incredible force. And I think you had a unique position because guess what? You still have the prestige and the credibility from the traditional. Which yeah, the could, success which, has which, to be there. Yeah, which you could leverage to like what others are still like. You know, we we get this notion about like okay. If you're if you have a Netflix show, you make it. If you're on TV, you make it. If you make it in the newspaper, you make it. But in actuality, more people watch YouTube every single day than any of the best show. Like you could have the craziest like network show, and every day there's more people watching on YouTube. Right? Yeah, but I think to your point about you know that article, there is there is an importance to a a like uh, uh, like a diversification totally. of being legitimized in a totally. way. Right? It, it's just added distribution. Right? Yeah, of course. It's people that aren't streaming uh, or aren't aren't scrolling, and now we have that. And by the way, like I, we want to go deeper into that. Like, how do we end up in the dot report? Like, how do we get into the like? How do we end up in like these other corners? Yeah, yeah. We think about this. I, I know I stepped out, and when we were talking about uh, all the crazy stuff around food, and like we have a very international view on all this stuff. And yeah. I know you. Do, I know you have to. Yeah. In, in in real estate, but for sure, like I think we. I think as Americans growing up here, whether culturally or, or certainly around business, we have this heliocentric view of like everything happens here. And in actuality, it doesn't, dude. It does not. It does not. Yeah. There's more people that like you could have every person in the United States watch YouTube every single day. That's still less than how many people are watching YouTube today in India. Damn. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're in a bubble, dude. No, it's uh uh dude, listen, it's 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 super, super true. And so like we, you know, we focus on diversification of influence, you know, as much as possible. One, because you never ever know. And two, because you are hitting different types of people. Like our, our demographic across our platforms is different on every platform. It's why, unfortunately, I can't, for what I do, I can't post the same stuff everywhere because it's a very different demo on our Ryan Serhant YouTube channel, which is different from our more Ryan Serhant YouTube channel, which is more thought leadership, which is different from Instagram, which is really kind of built off the backs of Bravo, right? Which is different from TikTok. Twitter, LinkedIn, and the way rest. different from TikTok. And that's know? because of him, right? He knew that that, that fluency matters, I, right? My whole, I think, I think he is my father. I think he, yeah, he no, started having it. kids when he, was, when, he was a, when he was a baby. When I started during the maker days, this was when YouTube put like $200 million towards like the premium like YouTube stuff. They're like, yeah. hey, we got to get people off of like cat videos to do this thing. And the yeah. number one thing that they did was they gave Bravo executives, Food Network executives money to try to make those shows that weren't good enough and put them on YouTube. Yeah. Guess what happened, Ryan? They all failed. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Right? So the reason that you guys are succeeding is exactly that. Because look, not only are you saying you need different content for YouTube and TikTok, you need different you content for this YouTube channel versus this YouTube channel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's those are the people that are going to succeed yeah, yeah. because yeah, they have a real connection. Yeah. Understanding the diversification of distribution and totally. just the nature of these different platforms. Even but the, isn't, it, even, but isn't, it, isn't it awesome that the platforms even exist though? 100%. Like, 100%. It's like, I, I can't even, you know, I we, like, we have real estate agents here. Oh, like they wouldn't even know what to do four years ago. Right. Like they have a business that is now built on platforms that didn't, 
even exist. Right. And so, you know, these platforms do create economies. It does. Right? And the creator economy will be the largest single workforce in the United States anyway, within like the next three years. Meaning that independent contractors, right, and freelancers. That's literally what we talk about every day. We, talk, I mean, we literally talk about it every day. I mean, yeah. I was just telling Brian the other day, it's like, yo, whoever that's gonna be the predecessor, who's, whoever that's gonna replace Jamie Dimon when Jamie Dimon decides to, I don't know, get into politics. Yeah. That person would have to know how to make short form videos. Yeah. And not necessarily as in like TikTok dance viral challenges, but that person would need to know how to turn the camera on. Yeah. Look at the camera, selfie style, and like The Rock, how he basically puts out those motivational speeches every morning on Instagram. Yeah. That person would need to understand how to do that and talk about the market. Yeah, yeah. everyone's a media company, whether you like it or not. 100%. Everyone's a network. Yeah. So when I when I when we talk about Jimmy, when we talk about like most Dave people, Portnoy, I remember that. Yeah, what, most people think we're we're like insane when we. I literally think he's Walt Disney. I think Mr. Beast. I think Jimmy Donaldson. Is today's version of Walt Disney as a twenty-five-year-old. So, yeah. so I, have you have you seen the the Walt Disney mind map from the yeah, like, yeah, right? Yeah. He's doing that. He's literally doing that right now, yeah. right? He has Feastables. Feastables is is feeding this company. I mean, I know he 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 rolled up the the ghost kitchens, but like yeah, yeah. all of it, he has a translation business. He has, he has a production company now. All of it, and mo what most people don't understand is that. When you look at a YouTuber and you try to marginalize them as a creator, right? And a creator is a good word. Most of them call them YouTubers or influencers. Or influencers. Right? But like, yeah. hey, at the end of the day, yo, uh, our politicians are creators. Our, our business leaders are creators. Elon Musk is a creator. Yeah. Donald Trump is a creator. They have a community. Whether he's selling a, a tequila or a <laughs> flamethrower, people are buying it, right? Yeah. Like, Ryan, you sell real estate, but like you have a community. If you started selling shoes tomorrow, there would be people that buy your shoes. Not that many, yeah. but people would buy it. Air Serhan, I, I yeah. put it on wax right now. No, but no, they <laughs> but I think would, you though. have to stay with. Listen, you you mentioned it when we first started, right? It's uh, and you guys are probably the first people on this podcast to actually qualify as subject matter Expert. right uh -huh. expertise, right? To really have that kind of SME to understand that you have to follow that that niche model. Like it wouldn't make sense. Maybe you will. It wouldn't make sense for you guys to get into furniture, right? 100%. As yeah. an extension, yeah. as much as you might love fucking couches. Yeah, yeah totally. Right? But for you to then go into restaurants, to go into dishware, to go into chopsticks, silverware, like all that stuff, it sticks, those are branches of your brand oak tree. You know, and so we think about it the same way. All the different business lines and different things that we do, like real estate happens to be my oak tree. That was never the plan. That's what it is. How many branches can I grow off this thing? Well, Rock's another one. We think he's one of the ultimate creators right now. At the end of the day, he started in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And is selling an energy drink and his own shoe. Yeah. So in the con without the context of him being the biggest movie star in the world, you'd be like, what? Yeah. But it did work. And so you could continue to land and expand all those things. It's just a matter of like, you know, how can you do it? By the way, the, to the subject, to the part of subject matter expertise, the only reason why that's important is because again, in the attention economy, the value proposition has to be super clear. And we know and this- super fast. And super fast. Yeah. So like, you know, you guys, are you guys familiar with uh, Vivian Tam? Your no. rich BFF? You guys oh, should yeah, have her. Oh yeah, I've seen her. Right, that, right? Dude. So when I look at her, when we, when we look at her, we you literally- You should think, have her on the podcast. You guys should have her on. Yeah. yeah. You're a rich BFF, right? Most people will look at her and say, oh, she's the new Brian Kelly, your points guy, right? The yeah. points guy. I look at her, we look at her and we're like, yo, she's the next Kathy Wood Ark investment. Yeah. Right. She's gonna have a cohort. She's gonna have. She's on her path to like private equity. Sure. Right. Oh, but wow. you know what I'm saying. But most people will still look at her and say, "Hey, you know what? Oh, she's giving you deals on how to buy a wedding ring. 
Yeah. Which is dope. Which is dope for now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think like even in the space that we're in, there's probably going to be overlap with the real estate space as well, right? Totally. Because we're highlighting eateries, we're highlighting restaurants and commercial real estate. I mean, you probably know this better than anybody else in the room here, but it's not really where it was 10 years ago and it's going in a very interesting direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, I mean, yeah, we talk about this a lot, but- Oh yeah, so like in our our world, like our, not not even vision board, but like in, we know that at some point I want to talk to like, I want to talk to SL Green. I want to talk to Fernando. I want to talk to Tishman Spire. Like, can we get Ron Spire on the phone, Rob Spire on the phone to be like, hey, uh, you're doing these developments. We have this impact in the community. How can we work together to platform people that are trying to start businesses, make food, make business, make all these things and service that actual community? 100%. That's yeah. all part of the plan. Because the alternative right now, the same way that like when these big developments go up, you put aside, I, I, I lived and rented in these places. Like you need this little like park, right? To do this thing. No, well, guess what? We envision a world in which like you have a restaurant that has a lot of the people that we cover that could come in and and and, and be a platform for them to serve food and to and to and to and to incubate and grow their business in that spot. And I think the re, the the angle that we want to emphasize again is the immigrant mom and pop POC owned and operated restaurants are probably not thinking in these terms. They're not right, yeah. Yeah. but why not? Yeah. Because if we could have Tacombi potentially becoming the most popular taco franchise ever when the people that are creating the food itself might not necessarily from a Mexican culture, might not necessarily from Puebla, might not have Sochalupas on Northern Boulevard or Junction in Queens. Like, why can't we empower them, not only through highlighting them via content, but bringing real equity, essentially teaching them how to fish? You know it's I mean? no different from what you guys are doing. Like the same way that you have the awareness to say, like, I got to even have this. Yeah, content you're like, you're like, I'm so you're lucky like, we're to have gone to a casting to do this thing. We are so lucky to have been born where we are, to have had the jobs, to have the exit, to have all these things. Sure. And for us, it's like my parents are that. We've come from those cultures. We come from that. So, like, hey, if you're looking at retargeting on email, if you're looking at LTV, if you're looking at like an acquisition cost, if you're looking at like you know, whatever, you know, like, hey, I want, I think we could do this with Zapier and it'll, it'll improve our workflow. Again, why aren't the mom and pop restaurants using that? Yeah. And that's what we want to empower. How, how do you guys make money? We don't. Brand deals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so brand, brand deals, deals keeps us afloat. It subsidizes. It's, what yeah. We do. It's, but uh, we don't like personally, like, yeah. Not yet. I mean, exactly. well, Bri- with Brian, you know, he's still spending his money from 88. You know what I mean? Like, he had a he had a successful situation, you know. Me for me, like I'm just maintaining. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I'm just getting by. But every money that we've made, um, whether it's through brand deals or, you know, we have an ongoing relationship with On Running. Shout out to On Running. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gotta get that camera on there. Yeah. So On Running is one of Cut our that. biggest. No, uh, no. Yeah, it's uh, one like, of uh, our uh, biggest. Hey, we're, we're Nike family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of our biggest on, uh, on. sponsors. On. Um, nice. So yeah, we everything we've been getting though, we've been reinvesting back into the yeah. business. So that yeah. you know, smart. Yeah. So how do you scale? What's what's the future look like? That's a, that's a very good question. I think scale for us right now. I mean, he mentioned earlier that in our line of work, our product is the content. So yeah. we got to pump out more content. So 
The more content we make, the more opportunities and visibility we get, the more visibility we get, the more brand deals and everything is just basically like an ecosystem, you know? And uh, how do we make more content? Well, we need to have more people on the team to make content, but also with the advent of AI, we'll see where it goes, yeah. you know? The video that used to take me an entire day to make, maybe it could take me, you know, the same amount of time. Maybe I can now make four videos because instead of me trying to come up with the ideation and the script, ChatGPT might be able to help me with that. Yeah, I think I think we've gotten the traction that we've gotten so far because it wasn't meant to be a business. Sure. At the end of the day, we were trying to give back and use the skills and the ability that we had and the expertise that we had to be able to say like, hey, why don't we do this thing? No, now, we love the authenticity. Yeah. And I think that's what yeah. it, it reads, right? Thank so people you. like it. That means so much. Seriously, it does. But I also want to be on here to say like, I, we are businessmen. Like we, I see an opportunity in which like, hey, ghost kitchens, that's a, according to Goldman Sachs, that's a $130 billion TAM globally by the year 2030. And we're already in 2023. Yeah. So that's going to happen in, in, in seven years. How can we help to be a part of 2% of that, right? As someone with trust in the food space. Right, right? you trying to get down with us, yo? Let's go, man. I like partnerships. Right? You trying to get down? You right? trying to get in some JD like, situations? Like for us, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, phase one, uh, Jakey's on Wax talking about this. Phase one was really literally just trying to platform people that don't have a platform. Sure. Phase two is literally, how can we put money into those communities? You mentioned earlier that we pay for all our meals. Yeah, that's because like, you know, how whack would it be if we're trying to charge these restaurants to put them onto the platform, right? Yeah, no. I literally want the Vornados, the, the Relateds, the, those folks to look at this and say, damn, these guys are doing community work. We need to do something. And, and like, we have this food hall coming up. Like, yeah. why don't we work with them? Yeah, and then, and then but, but for us, it's like, okay, well, if we could do that, that's an IRL business. And, and what does that look like? Yeah. So media is like, that's just the tool and the necessary thing that we do to, to expand the community. But we think that the real opportunities is literally just by helping and giving even more tools to the people that we're putting onto the platform. Got it. Yeah. He's playing a long game. 100%, man. Yeah, man. Aren't you guys playing the long game? I don't know, man. I, I move one hour at a time. Yeah. I, I actually have to get to the airport like right now. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Uh, we have an office launch tomorrow in uh, Delray, Delray oh, Boca. Yeah. That's what's up. Tomorrow. Yeah. So I fly Congrats. down there, do that all day, and then I come right back tomorrow night. Amazing, nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, what's right. your next trip? Were you, were you making some furniture out of some Dude, traffic cars? I'm not traveling. I just came back from LA, from South California for 10 days, and I don't want to look at a plane you for You were gone for month. 10 days? I mean, yeah. Did you put that in ADP? <laughs> Thanks for coming to the podcast, guys. <laughs> this has been great. Unbelievable. You guys have been awesome. Yeah, no, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for being here. No, this thanks. has been amazing. Everyone should go follow Righteous Eats, do everything they do, go to the site. These yeah, guys Thank crush you guys it. for having us. And um, yeah, if there's anything that we could do to help, I mean, yeah. with you guys, with everything that y'all doing, anybody listening, anybody watching this, yeah, we're an open book. You know what I mean? Slide into the DMs. Ooh. I always holler back. JQ always hollers back. He doesn't. Right? Yo. So just holler back. Holler at us. Yeah. Just, but not in all sincerity, man. Appreciate you guys for having us on this. Um, it means a lot. And uh, yeah, just holler at us. Yeah. Man, and and in all sincerity to too, like, especially because you guys are so forward on, I mean, I hope this comes through in how, how much we think about the creator economy. Yeah. But if there's ever any way that we can help in any sort of way, please, please, we're here. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. guys. So, Thanks for being here. Peace, peace, peace. Shout out Woo! to Queens, Queens.